0: Here
1: guys welcome back to another episode of the morning skate this is a big one a huge one uh if you guys grew up watching SportsCenter center like myself i mean you, you know her she's an absolute beauty she hosted her 5000th edition of sports center on february 21st 2016 a record for sports center anchors i mean that's kind of a big deal uh you can <laughs> find her on sirius xm mad dog radio and sirius uh nhl network for eastern She also does espn plus and the crease linda Cohn, thanks for
0: joining us how are you doing Great to be here with you. Finally we made this work and thanks for the invite.
1: Oh, anytime. I am so I am so excited because like I feel like most of the time in ESPN like hockey doesn't really get, you know, the due, but you're always supporting the hockey, you're always supporting NHL and I love that. And yeah. so when we do our research like we go to Wikipedia and hopefully most of this is great. <laughs> but right. so you grew up a huge sports fan, so let's just jump right in. Sports anchor. You have to love sports. Like who was your inspiration growing up? Like what got you into, involved with that?
0: Well, it definitely has to be my dad. Uh, you know, he was a diehard uh, New York sports fan. I adopted every one of the teams that he loved obsessively except the Yankees. I I was a Met fan. So okay. I was a Rangers fan, which still am, of course, a Giants football fan, Knicks. And I for some reason felt bad for the Mets, uh, but probably not for some reason, several reasons. Right. Yeah. But um, you know, but my dad was such a big Yankee fan, but uh, he did it. I mean, him and my mom who, cause I used to play hockey as well. Um, you know, ice hockey my mom, even though she worked full time, both my parents did, but she used to take me to a rink on Long Island where they actually back in the day, uh, let girls play with uh, boys. But I had to play with boys that were a lot younger. That okay. was the rule, like it was like, all right, so you wanna play hockey? Okay, well, you're gonna have to play with boys that were a lot younger. So when I started playing hockey, when I was 14, I had to play with boys that were eight years old and then nine years old, really crazy stuff. But uh, it was worth it to me. And so that's really a combination of my, my passion for being a sports fan came from my dad. And yet it was a, a definitely my mom and dad made it possible For me to follow my dream of you know playing goalie and playing with the boys and making my high school team uh just all of it just kind of went into each other and i i didn't play hockey with you know women until i got to college uh in upstate new york oswego state but that was one of the reasons why i picked oswego because they had a girls hockey team so yeah, There's
1: so much to break down there. I, yeah. I, love the fact, I love the fact that like your dad and you shared a special relationship. I shared a special relationship with my old man, Rangers, Yankees, Giants. It's always been like that. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to get into SUNY Oswego at some point because I'm from upstate New York. I'm from Saratoga. So I'm not that far. Nice. From uh, nice. But why goalie?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I was a kid with very low self-esteem. Uh, you know, I really didn't have a lot of friends and like that relationship I had with my dad watching, you know, the Knicks on a Friday night, the Rangers on a Saturday night, you know, whatever it is. We even had season tickets one year, which he won in a contest. He actually won uh, jet tickets and he traded it with the guy that won Ranger tickets. Oh, and no so way. for what, yeah. So, I mean, and we lived out in Long Island, like way out East. So to take the train there, it took two hours each way, but we went to most of those games. So. The point is a goalie, getting back to your original question, I, I you know, uh, when you're a kid with low self-esteem, you know, you're looking to shine, right? You want to, you know, and I wanted that um, attention mm-hmm. and I was willing to risk everything. And then I played street hockey with the boys at first before I hit the ice and I was realizing I had really good reflexes, not bad for a girl that was nearsighted, but I had really good hand-eye coordination and, and it, I, you know, guys wanted me to be their goalie. And so picture that, you know, no attention, wallflower. And then suddenly being a goalie filled that void, gave me confidence, you know, every year. And, I'm, oh, by the way, I was pretty good at it. So, um, you know, I, I, I love that attention when you make that big save, protecting a one a goal lead, you know, in the final minute. That was worth everything to me. Yet it was still nerve wracking, but it was such a great kind of high, right? You know, when you risk it all, I'm not saying everything was a high when you play goal you know, goalie, but, and it was great to have that, you know, your teammates depend on you again. I didn't have many friends, you know, growing up. So, that was like a big deal for me. So that's why goalie. Yeah.
1: And you get like that extra responsibility, right? Like you have the yeah. guy in front of you scoring goals, making assists. But at the end of the day, the goalie is the one that gets the, the win or the loss. And like, yes, I think that's cool that you took that on. And like that, that was like your thing. I think that's yes. Awesome. And you mentioned it, Oswego and Oswego yes. and they had a team. What was it like there? We had a blogger who went there. He's an alum. He wanted to know about your experience there. And uh, he said that he had track practice at the Romney field house where the old yes. hockey rink was. How did they fit that many fans in there? It was like a closet. That was, his
0: Oh my God. It was, that's a great description. Um, <laughs> I've, even, you know, before, before probably he went there, that's when I went and the thing was with Romney, they, this is really sad. It's a sad situation. Um, First of all, you know how cold it is there, you know, in Oswego. So and we had practice all different times and we'd have to, you know, the the guys were really good. Like we had a great team. Oswego had always had a great men's team. Oh, yeah. So we got the ice whenever we can get the ice. And it was usually, you know, much later in the evening. And, you know, you had to get up early, you know, for class the next day and all that, you know, the drill. But this just says it all for the women's games. They did not put the heat on. For the fans at Romney, that's right. Oh, oh my save God. money; they save money. But for the men's games, they put on the heat. This is what it was like back and in that's the day. Why,
1: because if people haven't been to Oswego, that's arguably one of the coldest places, yes. especially with the wind and everything. Like if, yes. the, if if the heat's not on, you don't want to go into a cold ice rink.
0: That's right. And also one more thing: they' really, you know, there, it's just sad, but there weren't. We didn't get a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. So picture playing in a rink with no heat. And then picture playing in a rink with hardly any fans. So it's not like they could keep each other warm. Right. So, you know, it was really uh, interesting, but I love my, my time at Oswego State. And I loved having the opportunity to be, uh, go to school and college in upstate New York, being a Long Island girl that I was. And I met so many incredible people. I mean, they're just, you know, as you know, being from that area, it's just, the people are very cool. And you know, I was very lucky and it, it really helped my career as well. Uh, got me a good start with internships mm-hmm. and things like that, that the school offered and that I grabbed. And I really used that as stepping stones to get, you know, to go on my merry way, you know, once I graduated
1: absolutely and it also shows your passion right like how many people are going to be staying up late at night waking up early in the morning going to games that aren't that may not be that many people that just shows your love of the game and like your willingness to like battle through stuff like that i think that's a big character thing i respect that i think that's really cool because at the end of the day no matter who we have on this podcast and it's the coolest thing like i think we're all kind of cut from the same cloth in a sense that like yeah. we all love and appreciate the game of hockey like it doesn't matter who you are it seems like every person i always have on here is always an absolute joy and they just, they, they love it and they get it.
0: Yeah. Well said. I mean, it's just a special community, right? Yeah. Hockey fans, players, people in the organization. Yeah, we're all the same. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I know what it's, you know, you know what it's like. I know what it's like. I've been like quoted publicly about it, you know, kind of criticizing people who don't get it, but that's all right. I mean, I feel it's their loss, you know, type <laughs> yeah. of thing. And, you know, I've moved on from that, but I think the National Hockey League has just done a fabulous job and they did the best job coming out and doing, you know, crowning in the proper Stanley Cup champion out of this, you know, pandemic. They, it was perfection. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I have faith in them that they'll figure it out, you know, before we know it, next season will be here. And I'm hoping it's January 1st. I talk about this on my um, hockey show on SiriusXM NHL Network Radio um, because I think... If you're not a college football fan, the NHL owns January 1st because yeah. of the Winter Classic, 100%, right? 100%. Right. Right. So that should be their day to start the regular season. And mm-hmm. nothing's set in stone as we speak, but I really hope they pull that off. Because the NBA, for instance, what's their day? Christmas Day. I right. think they're being silly if they start before Christmas Day. And as we speak, they're talking about December 22nd. I don't understand that. What's the point? They should start on Christmas day. It's so absurd. It's their day. Okay. In a, on a sports sense. So, um, you know, kudos to the NHL and I'm hoping they do start, uh, and you know, because Hey, why not the first day of 2021, we put 2020 behind us. And it's just nothing but positive for that.
1: It's a great opportunity. And like, we've talked about that on the podcast, like Christmas is the NBA, right? Like fourth of July is baseball. Right. football like they all have their right. own days and over the last couple of years since the winter classic has been around it, it i think this is just an unbelievable opportunity for the nhl to actually go out there and like really claim that day as theirs and i'm i'm hoping they do that plus as a ranger's right. with plenty of new toys coming around which yes I mean, we'll to see which we will get into <laughs> later but uh fingers crossed they did a great job so from suny oswego you end up working for sports center i guess my question for you is did you ever imagine like this was this was gonna be your life i mean this is this is huge
0: yeah you know what i didn't obviously jump right at it because right. if anyone follows the wikipedia page or yeah, anything yeah, else yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Even I, I skipped, the, I, skipped a few. I know i know because <laughs> we have a time situation but and um you know i even wrote a funny uh book about myself uh called conehead a no holds barred account of breaking into the boys club i wrote that back in 2008 can get it for like a dime on Amazon at this point. But the point is this, I, I, uh, that whole journey that even all the stuff that came before SportsCenter and there was plenty of jobs that I had, uh, mostly in the business, but working seven days a week, seven nights a week, grinding. freelancing at all these radio jobs, hoping that I could make it in TV, starting out in local Long Island cable TV, you know, just waiting for the one person that said, you know what, you should keep trying, this is good. But I always had a backup plan. I mean, that's what I tell young people. I go, follow your dream, follow your heart, follow your passion, but always have a backup plan just in case that you can maybe still stay in sports. So for me, it was like, oh yeah, my goal is to be in TV, but nothing wrong with radio, that's where I started. Oh, and if that radio doesn't work out, okay, then maybe I can be in public relations for a, for a sports what? team that I love, right? You know, these kind of things. So that's yeah. what you're trying to do. So then, you know, it took a, my biggest break really was getting um, honing my skills and making a jump from New York to Seattle, Washington, and doing sports uh, for a local CBS station called KIRO TV in Seattle. And that was my big break because I really wasn't ready to make a jump to ESPN, um, even with all the local stuff, the cable TV, all the little stuff. I needed a real big time TV job, and that was big time, and that honed my skills. And even though ESPN came calling and they did about six months into me taking that Seattle job, I had to turn them down. I had to put my life ahead. So I said no at the beginning. And then, you know, I'll always remember like people close to me saying, hey, if they want you now, they'll come back around later, you know, and they did, you know, and they did. So I actually spent less than my three years in Seattle in my contract and I, and it was, it was a blessing. I had my daughter, my first of two kids in Seattle. So I slowed down my life and I, I looked at the big picture, not just climbing that ladder. And then, um, you know, and then uh, I honed my skills. I was much better at what I was doing by the time I got to ESPN. So hosting Sports Center, yes, amazing, a dream. Uh, even, even though my first few shows were at 2 a.m. Eastern time doing the Don't late Sports center. Yeah. It was great. My first one was with Chris Myers, who I adore. And I had the amazing privilege to work with the late, great Tom Nees, who was a big hockey fan, big Flyers fan. We always would get into it. I kind (laughs) of modeled myself after him because he has such passion for sports, every sport. And he was so animated the way he did SportsCenter. And I know you guys don't see me when I when you're seeing a highlight and I'm doing the hot, you're you know, into looking it. on the monitor, I'm really into it. And I yeah. have chat, you know, from that day, you know, I've always channeled my inner Tom Meese. and that's someone that I've modeled myself after. But, um but yeah, it's great. There's so many nights that I was just pinching myself that I'm there, but it's not, you know, it was, it's, it's lo- it was long hours and I gave up a lot. You know, I have a, my son as well. And he came later and he was born in Connecticut once I got to ESPN and they were, you know, I did the late shift all the time. As you know, that was the one before they had morning shows. It was the late show that was repeated all morning, the same show repeated on a wheel. And I was on that show primarily, but I didn't get home till like three in the morning, two 30 in the morning. And I had to get up early. So, you know, I'll never regret any of it, but, you know, I just wish, you know, that that, that kind of, I've made up for lost time, you know, once everything went down, but. Yeah, it's truly amazing. I, I, I'm so happy that I was at ESPN in those early days. You know, I got there in 1992, July of 92. I mean, it was around since 1979, believe it or not, but I got there in 1992. And I was part of that growth. I mean, when we did sports center commercials, when uh, the bosses allowed us to show off our personality- while doing Sports Center, and it was a real Sports Center team. It wasn't one person right. doing the show. It was combos, we, you know, regular teams. You know, Dan and Keith. You know, Rich and Stu. And then I got to, you know, work with all of those guys I just mentioned, plus others like you know, John Anderson and John Butchergrad. All that goes on and on and on. I've lost count how many co-anchors <laughs> I had, but I know, as you know. Nobody has worked with uh, as many co-anchors on SportsCenter than I have. No way. No way. I
1: mean, that's. I mean, that's so cool. And like, ninety two is a few years before like the like the mid nineties or whatever. But for right. me, growing up as a kid, like hockey, you had you had the Red Wings and the Avalanche. Right. And then in baseball, you had Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa hitting a billion home runs. Like, yes. For me, growing up as a kid, I think that was like the most influential sports time of my entire life. Yes. Like, sports are still good now, but like back then, yes. Like, that was real and yeah, hockey. And that was, that was baseball where there, it was just, it was awesome. Yeah.
0: sports And you had Michael Jordan all the right. time, you know, 24 seven, which I loved, you know, but hockey was great because ESPN had hockey, right? Yeah, exactly. We, and so we were able to really promote the game, promote the players. They, you know, the highlight, it was very common everywhere on ESPN. Mm-hmm. It was treated like the major sport that it is. But that had everything to do with that ESPN had the NHL package, right? Right. I mean, that is why, you know, you spend tons of money. That's why ESPN does such a great job with the things that they own, whether it's UFC, whether it's NBA, whether it's the NFL. ESPN is tops with these things, college football, college game day. When it's their product, nobody does it better. Exactly. So we're just hoping that ESPN, with all due respect to NBC, but... I Think it's our turn again. <laughs> you know?
1: I mean, I, I, mean, I do too. Growing up, having Levy and like I, Gary Thorne, man, I, and Doc Emmerich just retired. And like, people are talking about who you know who's gonna st- step in for Doc. I would love to see Gary Thorne. I think he's doing Baltimore Oriole games, but that yeah, been guy's been doing that for a while. Like, I
0: love Gary as well. I love Gary because, with all due respect to Doc, you know, everybody loves Doc, but I think for the diehard oh. hockey fan. That's what Gary Thorne is like, you know, guys that, right. I mean, guys that you don't have to paint a picture, right. Mm -hmm. To the uh, casual hockey fan, right. Nobody painted a better picture than Doc Emmerich.
1: Oh, not even close.
0: Right. For that casual, well, I'm going to tune in on NBC, but I don't watch hockey every day, you know, that kind of fan. And he spoke to them like it was poetry, right? Which is good,
1: because we're trying to grow the game, right? And like that that's what true. you need in that, in that sense. I agree. Gary
0: that's Woo! why it was great. But whether it's Gary Thorne or our guy, Sam Rosen, to me, my guy, oh. I love Sam. I'll he is down. my guy. He is the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, the greatest team, it was him and JD back in the oh, day, KD. you know,
1: Ooh, it's a power, the old baby after a power play. <laughs> yes. So nice to see him back with the Rangers now. Oh, after it's,
0: he- it's everything. Cause he was the reason why he, uh, the Rangers got Panarin. Yeah. He, I mean,
1: he, he, let's it, face it. Yeah, seriously. And, and it's, I just I'm so happy he's back where he needs to be. I I can't tell you how many games I watched my old man with Sam and JD and like JD left and like Joe McLeody's done a great job. he always he always yes, missed JD. Joe's been know? great. And Joe's been back. great.
0: He doesn't yeah. Yeah, but, but nobody's J D. Yeah. Nobody's J D. And
1: and we're running short on time, but just before we go, I just wanna get your current Rangers outlook. A lot yes. of things have happened. They they bought out yep. Henrik Lumpquist. I feel like yep. that was kind of it's sad but i feel like it was it was necessary they had the first overall pick they got alexi uh, lafreniere they have capo caco coming back they bought out mark Stahl. they brought in jack johnson a whole lot of things going on yeah what is your outlook on this new york rangers team
0: um i am positive i can't wait to see alexi lafreniere play i, I, I just love this guy i mean i don't know how care how we got him we just got him okay yeah, so it we got him and uh, I think he can handle it. I think he can handle New York. He has such a calming, you know, the few times I've heard him speak and talk, he, I, he gets it. And he's going to have a lot of supportive people around him. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be great. Cop, uh, you know, Capacaca is going to be a year better. Yeah. I didn't like losing Jesper Faust. No, I it's, loved it's him. Guy, as a Right. Such, yes. I yeah. loved him as that. A character guy. Um, you know, I'm still getting over losing Matt Zuccarello. Don't get oh, me wrong. Oh, he was my
1: all-time favorite player. Uh, all right, all Yeah, time. so,
0: I mean, I have problems with losing J.T. Miller. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I mean, I'm honest with you because, I mean, look how he bloomed with the Vancouver Canucks. Unbelievable. A lot of ex-Rangers have done so well in other places. Yeah. And that's getting to my other point. Two things. One, are uh, the Rangers are set in goal. I get it. Rangers, great. Jeff Gordon, amazing job finding these guys, you know, Georgi and Chesterkin, I mean, they're the real deal. Um, keep them healthy, keep them safe. Then you already have, first of all you, have all, you already have one of the best goalie tandems in the national hockey league. You're probably in the best, top five best yeah. NHL goalie tandems, which you're going to need because we're going to have a compressed schedule. Okay. You're going to have a lot, a lot back of back match. to backs. Right. <laughs> I so that. I think, you know, however, the playoffs are fit and, and all that Rangers are going to make the playoffs. Uh, But you have to remember uh, there are teams that have gotten so much better in the Metropolitan Division, which brings me to the Washington Capitals, because Henrik Lundqvist, that is where when I did many, I did multiple interviews weeks before the decision was made. And I kept pointing and saying it was going to be Washington Mm -hmm. for two reasons. He's not going anywhere where he's not going to win and have a chance to win a Stanley Cup that year. That team built to win, ready to win. The change of head coaches was one of the keys. Getting Peter Laviolette in there, a guy, all he does is win and ends up in a Stanley Cup Finals, okay, with every every team, all right? The other thing is he's not going there to mentor, uh, what's his face, Uh, Samsonov, Samsonov, the kid. He's going there to win the number one job. He's not saying it out loud, but he's not there as a mentor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting, you know, a lot of the games, like more than – one third, which yeah. many people are predicting. I think he's going to get close to half, and uh, that's going to be fun to watch. And I have no problem rooting for Henrik Lundqvist yeah, and the Washington Capitals to win the Stanley Cup. So I can see, you know, Hank win a Stanley Cup. That to me would be great. You know, with all due respect to the Rangers and their success, I want to see Lundqvist win a cup. And yeah. if it comes this year. That would be absolutely amazing. But I just want to see it. And I think for his family is the other reason why he picked Washington, D.C. He loved New York so much. The diversity, everything New York has to offer. And I understand that being born in Manhattan. Um, so what's really the next He's not going to go to Colorado, you know, right. or you know, Las Vegas, you know, whatever the other choices were. Mm-hmm. He was going to go to a place that was diverse, that had a culture. And that is what Washington, D.C. brings to the table.
1: No, 100%. And, like, th- their superstar Alex Ovechany he's terrorized the Rangers for how many years? Yeah. But you can't hate the guy. You just love the fact no, that I love him. he just loves hockey. Like every yeah. time he gets a puck on his stick, and that's somebody you can root for, and you have other guys like TJ Oshie, who I love. A lot of people don't really like Tom Wilson. Well, you might not like him, but if you I'd love keep, to have love Tom him, Wilson. Exactly. I'd love to have him on
0: the team. Exactly. And by the way, I would have been fine if he went to Pittsburgh. I know I all definitely. Ranger fans can't stand Sidney Crosby. I love him. Best
1: player I in the would world.
0: Kill best player in the world. Okay, yeah. until something else happens, until he retires, yeah. because. I would have loved to have seen that. That was really what I really would have loved to see because they're such rivals. We know as Ranger yeah. fans, Lonquist and Crosby. Oh my Water God. A, yeah, the whole thing. yeah, so great. Right. And, you know, the whole great days with John Tortorella as the head coach oh, yeah. and all those kind of post game news conferences following yeah. Penguins, you know, heated yeah. battles. But, um, you know, I think it's great. And I think the funny thing, you might have heard this, but when it became a done deal with the Capitals, um, Lundqvist texted uh, Ovechkin and said, hey, none of those one-timers yeah. in practice. <laughs> I love that. You can keep <laughs> yeah. them
1: low. I'm not, I'm not standing down. Right. <laughs> so that's I mean, great. I, I hope he gets the chance to uh, raise yeah. the cup. And actually, just one last question before we let sure. you go. Sure, sure. Favorite, favorite player growing up.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Well, back in the day, you know, for me, it was the oldies, you know, oldies, but goodies, but being a goalie, uh, even before the great John Davidson, um, there's a guy by the name of Eddie oh, yeah. He, as I was a little kid, I was just starting to play goal and Eddie Jockman, Eddie Jockman was the Rangers goalie. And uh, I loved him so much. I loved him so much that I didn't love Gilles or who was the other goaltender back in the day playing on the same team. Cause he was boring his style. All right. he did was come out, down, come out to cut down the angle and stand there because he was a little guy. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jockerman would get into fights. He would handle <laughs> the puck behind the net. He right. was so well-liked and so well-loved. And my dream, you know, you talk about your dream and things, doing you this great podcast that you've created. Me was an opportunity to talk with Eddie. I got to sit down and talk with him, just not for anything for work. But just, just to tell all. him how much I loved him growing up and how, if it wasn't for him, I never would have been a goalie. And that's true. So growing up, it was Eddie Jachman. And then of course, after that, no debate forever, unconditional love, the Messiah, Mark Messier, the oh, yeah. all time greatest in my world forever.
1: Just a, just a leader, just everything about that. Guy. Brought us
0: what we never thought would happen. It yeah. was all him. Yeah,
1: I, I, I love that answer. Well, Linda, Thank you so much for coming on. This was truly a treat. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, guys, you can check her out on SiriusXM. Linda Cohn. Wow. Thank you again.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. And yeah, follow me on social media as well, uh, all at Linda Cohn. But yeah, you know uh, where my heart is. And thank you for having me once again. Continued success. Thank you so much.
1: Made my whole day. (laughs) (laughs) You take care.
0: All right. See you.